Welcome to the Tactical Tool Belt Climate Tech Podcast. On this show, we focus on how the real estate industry, the world's single largest emitter of greenhouse gases, can leverage climate tech to become part of the sustainability solution. I'm your host, Greg Smithies. I'm a partner on the climate tech team at Fifth Wall, the largest and most active venture investor in technology for the real estate industry. In this podcast, we'll be joined by people on the front lines, the people inventing, investing in, and deploying the climate tech we'll need to make our homes, offices, and communities more efficient, more sustainable, and ever closer to carbon zero. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to another episode of Tactical Tool Belt Climate Tech, uh, where we spend time with people on the front lines of decarbonizing the built world. And uh, today we have the fantastic opportunity to talk to Lee Jestings, who's the uh, CEO and founder of Anexor Bioenergy. Uh, thanks for taking the time and, uh, and chatting with us today, Lee. Great to be with you, Greg. So, Lee, before we hop into uh, hop into what it is that NXR does and um, and the problems that you guys are trying to solve, I'm always fascinated about people's uh, founding stories and how they got to where they are today. So, um, yeah, we'd love to love to hear a little bit about your background. Yeah, thanks. Uh, way back when, I was a civil engineer and sort of took a, a business development path to my career. And I was involved in distributed generation, worked out west for most of my career, and ended up selling my company to a large energy company called Enron that uh, went out of business, learned a lot of lessons there. Yep. I, I think I think people know Enron. <laughs> yeah. And since then, I've been involved with, uh, I love early stage companies, and I've always been uh, a person who wants to build big things. And what was really the, the attraction here on, uh, I don't know, was it, was it energy? Was it just, you know, tinkering with your hands? What was the, the initial sort of curiosity that got you into the space? You know, the world and businesses have, have a, a big waste problem. It's expensive to get rid of waste. It has a significant environmental impact. And I've always focused on what if we can redirect that waste and generate clean energy on site? We would have a business. And as anyone knows in the energy business, it's all about economics. And, you know, you, there's people have had the same ideas. People try to do what we do. But if you don't have the right economics or the right business model, it doesn't work. So really, that's what we focused on. And over the years, I've been really looking for technologies to make that happen. And about 2017, we uh, invented a few things and uh, we were able to put a team together. And we sort of took that path. And we're pretty excited that we're just about to launch our BioCHP product that does just that is redirect uses on-site organic waste to generate clean energy. And the key is we do it very economically. Yep. I think, you know, there's really just basically a straightforward problem here, right? Is the world has too much waste and not enough clean energy, right? And and if you could somehow marry those two things together, there's there's probably a, a large opportunity. So how should people think about it in terms of just the size of the problem here or the size of the opportunity you guys are going after? Well, you characterize it correctly. The world has a huge waste problem. And, you know, not just businesses, but, you know, merging markets all over the world. And one of the things that's unique about our, our product is we can be located where the waste is. This is a very small scale product. And where the waste is, is really where in many places, the, the poorest people in the world live. And where the poorest people in the world live, they not only have the worst quality power, they have the most expensive power. And we're able to locate where that is needed the most to make the most impact on people. So from a, from a market standpoint, a market is very large. It's always been a technical economic risk play. There's no shortage of market. And we see that every day. We have uh, 
commitments for a large number of units all, all throughout the world. Yeah, yeah, I think that it, it might be a, a Warren Buffettism, or maybe I'm completely uh, misquoting it, but uh, th- there's the saying: it's it's very expensive to be poor, um, and and I think this is this is a great example of it. You you always see those those uh, those photos, right? I'm from South Africa, of, you know, shanty town right next to uh, massive landfill or dump. Shanty town doesn't have power. Dump is right there, polluting their life. Um, yeah, it seems it seems like we should be able to to fix two problems with with one stone here. Agree. And, and, and between those two is always a transportation issue. It's, it's very difficult. If you've been to Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, or, or a lot of places throughout the world, to move something 10 miles is not that easy. And so the transportation is a big barrier to solving the waste problem. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, then, then let's maybe actually get into it. So what is it that uh, NXR actually does in order to, to marry the, these dual problems? Not enough clean energy and too much waste. And we've developed a, a modular system that fits in a 20-foot shipping container. And it, what's unique about it, we don't use a gasification technology. We use a, a combustion technology using a custom-built microturbine. And we're able, able to use any range of organic, biomass, or plastic waste in any combination. So the machine knows how to adjust. So that lets us use really minimally prepared uh, feedstock for fuel. Each unit generates power from the microturbine, about 75 kilowatts for a core unit, and about 125 to 150 kilowatts of thermal. And typically that's used for hot water or steam. And then in our, our sequence product to that will be to use that thermal energy to desalinate water in emerging markets. As you probably know, 90% plus of the cost of, of cleaning water is cost of energy. So if you have an expensive heat, it really shifts the curve. Yep. Okay, so actually, you guys are, are potentially a triple threat here, right? Take care, take care of a waste problem, give me cheap, uh, cheap, clean energy, and then potentially help out with water. And I think, as, especially as we're seeing here on the west coast of America, we're in a you know a drought once again. Uh, Cape Town almost ran out of water a couple of years ago. Um, you know, Australia was on fire. I think I think the water issue is going to be a, a growing issue over and above waste and energy, potentially even a larger issue uh, that we're going to see around the world, right? I agree. And that's, we, we're, we hear that all the time. We also hear a lot of interest about plastic because our system can handle plastic. So we have a big, what we call island strategy where we're, we're launching in, in uh, small islands where our scale suits the, the, uh, is a good solution to the problem there. But the other th- product that I would add is, you know, really a part of it is about moving carbon to ultimately sequestering carbon. So we have another module that actually takes the CO2 that comes out of the flue gas, which is carbon neutral, and convert that to liquid CO2, which is a precursor for a lot of valuable materials. So it's not just about waste energy. We're really trying to create that waste and, and not only generate energy, but also uh, sequester that carbon in valuable applications. Yep. Now, I, 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 that was actually literally going to be my next question. Surely you're just burning the stuff, so that's bad, right? I, I think we, uh, it's actually relatively common for municipalities to incinerate their waste and sometimes they use that energy to create uh, electricity and other, uh, other things. How is it that you guys are different from what uh, people are sort of already doing? We, we have a very special combustion technology that, that operates at, at an ideal temperature that breaks everything down to elemental. And then the next few stakes, uh, steps, we actually have a separation system and a high temperature ceramic filter system that uh, makes the, uh, treats the, the gases, basically makes them extremely clean. 
And then we, we move those gases into a microturbine. The microturbine is replaceable. We replace it every year to two years. So it's a big part of our, our business model. And it's really important to know we really stepped over this is we don't sell our product. Our business model is a service model. And, and so you're, you're looking to hear the resorts we're working with or the businesses we're working with in Nashville. We, we install them. We pay for all the capital. And really what we sell is the output, which is kilowatt hours in power, kilowatt hours in, in thermal, and some organic waste off, offset fee is really how we built our business model. Yep. And uh, where the rubber meets the road there, uh, how does this come in in uh, comparison in terms of sort of cost cost of power versus what uh, what the alternatives are out there, which in, in these situations might be diesel generators or, or other similar type things, right? Yeah. So typically, you know, in, in, we're, we're in Nashville and our, our first what we call our lighthouse customer launches are here. We're in a, a low cost energy area under un, minimally regulated area. So usually we're looking at about 20, 25% savings of energy and waste costs with no capital. But if we're in higher cost areas where you get into Hawaii, Puerto Rico, California, other countries, we can be 50, 60% savings. You know, it's, again, we're displacing a lot of it's displacing diesel based generation. So it really depends on uh, where we are, what kind of savings we can deliver. Yep. Okay. So, so this is so getting into the realm of what I like to call the no-brainers. So it's cheaper, cheaper energy. It takes care of your your waste problem. It's cleaner for the environment. Um, where's the gotcha, right? Why why doesn't everybody have one of these things right now? It, like I said in the beginning, it's it's really been a technical economicers play, and and that's the last three and a half years. Really, that's been the focus, and we've been able to to uh, patent a couple innovations and we have some more pending that have shifted that curve. But the, the part of the, part of the, uh, the, the what's going to really drive the expansion again is the business model, because you know, a lot of your, your, uh, your, your listeners, you know, they're, they own, they own hotels, buildings, what have you. No one really wants to use capital for non-core business, whether you're the Marriott or, or general mills, what have you want to, you want to use your capital for what, what you, uh, what you do best. And so the, what, what the, our technical economics lets us provide that service model, which is important to the customers. Again, it doesn't use capital, but it's important for us to own the asset too, because we're added, we have technology to add more power to the unit and also sequester carbon off the unit. So owning, owning the, uh, the asset is, is strategic, both from a customer perspective and for, uh, from our perspective. Yeah, got it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So um, I, I can almost hear the hear the, the gears going in uh, in the minds of our listeners, right? Um, how how do we get our hands on one of these things? So what are you looking for when it comes to an ideal project uh, or, or customer location? What are you looking and looking for in order to make uh, a deployment of one of these things successful? Well, we have three areas of focus. We have fifteen verticals we're focusing in the developed markets using a service model. We have, like I mentioned, an island strategy. And we have what we call a uh, pay-go strategy for the microgrids in, in the developing countries. But from the U.S. perspective, you're really looking for people that really care about solving their waste problem first. And it really, when it gets down to it, we developed a renewable energy solution to help solve a waste problem. So most of our, our, our lighthouse customers, the first thing they want to do is divert their organics and plastics from the landfill, number one. That's what they're motivated to do. Then what we want to do is take all that good good what we call good waste and use that to convert to energy and then we want to have enough heat typically to to turn off a boiler a natural gas boiler or a propane boiler that becomes sort of the basis the best operating condition because we really want to run this asset 24 7 baseload 
So it's it's uh, that's that's the the economics that work the best. The other thing I would add is scale is important. We're not going to send one unit to Idaho. It has to be in an area where there's enough units where we can basically maintain the asset. And that's a big part of our rollout is determining what markets have that basic scale and what sequence we want to really launch in those markets. Yep. And and I think part of that scale play is also interesting because I, I could see maybe a lot of our customers might have need for heating and energy, but maybe it's an office building that doesn't have as much waste, right? Whereas if, if you can be have a number of these units in a certain town, then you can partner with, uh, say, the waste providers to, to go and get, uh, get fuel into them. Exactly. So, for exa- yeah, for example, uh, and by the way, one thing I've, d- I've discovered the last few years, there's a lot of waste. There's more waste than you ever can imagine. But there's areas like we're here in Nashville, Tennessee, we have unlimited wood chips. People pay to get rid of wood chips. So yes, you can make up feedstock if, if need be. And we're doing that, especially in the high energy areas where most most customers need a couple units, two or three units on site. And if you're paying 35 cents for power and you're in Hawaii, you want more units than you have waste for. So yeah, with part of the, the, the balance is making up that good organics to, to bring more fuel to the customer site. Yep. Um, I can also see that maybe one of the, the pushbacks uh, that people might have is, hey, but aren't you taking stuff out of the recycling stream and it would have been perfectly good in the recycling stream? Um, so what, what's the logic on burning versus quote unquote recycling? Well, we don't, we don't want to displace recycling. That's not an issue at all for us. I mean, we're not, we're not trying to do that. We're not encouraging biomass that's grown specifically for energy. This is all waste. There's actually no shortage. We're actually working on a pretty exciting project with a large uh, ocean cleanup organization and we co-locate with them where, you know, we are able to locate our units in sort of a kiosk and we're able to take the good, uh, the good recyclable higher value plastics and send them on one path. And we take the, the plastic bags, the things that are not recyclable, we convert those to energy. So we, we have plenty of non-recyclable organics and plastic. And, and really, that's the focus for our business model. Yeah, I, th- I think the other aspect here is there's a very dirty secret in the recycling world that uh, something like only 12% of plastics actually get recycled, right? Um, and a, a lot has got to do that recently. China stopped taking plastics for recycling, for example. Um, but I think uh, when people put things into that blue bin and think it's recycled, uh, they assume it then gets recycled. But it's actually a, a very low percentage of the plastics that truly do end up getting recycled. It is. The world has a problem with that. Even here in Nashville, we're working with the recycling center here and our plastic here uh, has nowhere to go either. And and it's even worse so in, in you know isolated areas. And what will happen is people will go, uh, the, the pickers in, in a poor area might pick up a plastic bottle like I'm holding here and they'll take the top off, which is a number five and take the side off. and They'll throw that in the side of the road or the rivers just to get the PET. So we really want to get it all together and create value for that and not just try to cherry pick the recycling portion. Yeah. And I think that's the real issue with the the whole recycling process is that, A, just the value for any of the plastic is incredibly low. But then B, uh, even out of those low values, many of the portions of different types of plastics basically have zero value. There is no market value after it's been used, right? And, and so if you guys can bring even a slight market value to it, it can change the economics of, of people going and uh, picking it up and recycling it and bringing it in. It is. And it's an exciting time for that right now because we're working, we're, we're about to launch our, our uh, what we call it impact credit, where we're basically monetizing plastic and carbon credits throughout the world. 
And what you're seeing is the ver we use what the, the we're using what they call the Vera standard. And the in the world's you're really putting a price on on removing plastic from the waste stream. And that's a valuable market signal because it lets us really go and, and pay or incentivize people to bring plastic to us. And that transaction is monetized with the, uh, these new plastic credits. So it's, it really helps, helps scale the product and let us, let us launch to areas where we perhaps we won't have project financing to, to go that, that quick. Yep. Um, okay. So let's maybe, maybe summarize here. You guys have uh, something that sits in a, in a half size container, right? That's 20 foot. Sure. About a car size. Yep. 20, 20 foot container does 75 kilowatts of power, a whole bunch of heat. It takes in waste as the fuel source. Uh, there are clean gases coming out of it. People can get it with no cash down because you're basically selling them the power instead of a, a big CapEx investment. Um, did, did, I, did I basically sum, sum up the, uh, the, the product here? Yep, that's correct. I mean, like I said, we'll also uh, convert to carbon, uh, but that's where we'll do that first quarter next year, but and ultimately desalinate water as well. So that's that's the product path line that we have. That That's incredible. Um, fantastic. So I'm sure right now a bunch of our listeners are thinking, uh, where, where do I go to uh, sign up for one of these things? So uh, where can people go to learn more? Well, our website is www.anexor.com, E-N-E-X-O-R.com. And if you go there, you can always contact it or, or just call the company. Fantastic. Um, and I think you guys also have a, a bunch of interesting projects that you've announced with uh, uh, like the Department of Defense and, uh, and a whole bunch of other really interesting, interesting people. So we do. We have we have a lot of interest through the world. We have a large contract to in, in, uh, in Australia and, and we're launching in, in multiple islands. We have a, a contract with the U.S. Navy to do a bunch of testing for the Navy. Uh, we're, we've just been selected. We're pretty, pretty excited to be part of the uh, Halliburton Labs, which is uh, uh, helping us launch, and also with Google, the climate uh, labs that just we were just were awarded that. And then, knock on wood, uh, we're at the final stages. In two weeks from now, we close our, a large Series A round with a, a, a major international corporate strategic uh, investor. And that will give us the working capital to to really really uh, to launch worldwide. Yeah, very very excited to to hear more about the the fundraising and um, the the big corporate partnerships um, because this is this is clearly something that the world needs um, and we just need more of it. Uh, have you guys building as many as you can, right? And uh, and getting them out the door. So thanks very much for spending the time with me. Super interesting. Um, always fascinated to hear about these sorts of technologies. Great. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Fifth Wall's Tactical Tool Belt Climate Tech Podcast. For more on Fifth Wall and our efforts in climate tech, visit our website at fifthwall.com.